Hi, welcome to my podcast where today I'll talk about Jesus driving the merchants out of the temple. My name is Tim Harner. I'm a Christian author and apologist, a graduate of Houghton College and of Harvard Law School, where I was an editor of the Harvard Law Review. As an attorney, my primary role has been as a general counsel. Therefore, I call the six books that I've written the General Counsel Series. The first four books of the series outline the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, providing scriptural backing for the final installments of the series that outline the history of America and the history of the Church Universal. I post my latest thoughts regularly on my website, timharner.com. For this podcast, please reflect on the questions, When have you or others been blinded by greed, cynicism, or fear? When have you or others been driven by greed, cynicism, or fear? When have you or others been like a child at heart, enthusiastically welcoming Jesus into hearts and into our world? And now, as I talk about Jesus driving the merchants out of the temple, let's pray that the Lord will let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in the sight of the Lord our God, who is our strength and our Redeemer. Today's thoughts are based on the chapter, Jesus Drives the Merchants Out of the Temple, in my book, Hoping in the Lord. The religious leaders already feared Jesus enough to kill him. Imagine their fear and desperation when an enthusiastic crowd welcomed Jesus to Jerusalem as if he was Israel's king, as if he was the eagerly anticipated Messiah who would free Israel from Roman rule. The scene has captured people's imaginations throughout the ages. We celebrated every Palm Sunday. When the great crowd that had come for the Passover feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, they took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. No one seeing the crowds and hearing their cries of adoration could doubt that Jesus was popular enough to pose a threat to the religious leaders. The cries of the crowd were encouraging Jesus to declare that he was Israel's king. Jesus did not discourage these cries of the crowd. Indeed, Jesus deliberately chose to fulfill a prophecy concerning the arrival of the Messiah, the king who would be righteous and having salvation, who would proclaim peace to the nations, and whose rule will extend from sea to sea to the ends of the earth. To fulfill this prophecy that the Messiah would come to Jerusalem peacefully riding a young colt, Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it as it is written, Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The crowd gladly treated Jesus as their king. As he went along, the people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. 
All this praise for Jesus was more than the Pharisees could stand. Furthermore, letting the crowds treat Jesus like a king had immense religious and political significance. The crowds were expressing their hope that Jesus was the true King of Israel, arriving at last in fulfillment of ancient prophecies about the Messiah. It would be similar to having someone who condemned the president arrive at Washington, D.C., and be greeted by a huge crowd shouting that he or she was the real president. Naturally, the powers that be would react with fear to this challenge to their power. And so, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Jesus flatly refused to restrain the crowd's enthusiasm. Nor was Jesus willing to contradict the crowd's shouts that he was the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Instead, Jesus affirmed the crowd's reaction to his arrival in Jerusalem. I tell you, he replied to the Pharisees, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Imagine Caiaphas's consternation at the crowd's enthusiasm for Jesus. Imagine Caiaphas's fear when he learned that Jesus refused the Pharisees' request to rebuke his disciples when they openly proclaimed that Jesus was the king who comes in the name of the Lord. These events must have confirmed the conclusion of Caiaphas and his cronies after hearing about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. If we let Jesus go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and then the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Therefore, it is better that Jesus die for the people than that the whole nation perish. It must also have been clear to Caiaphas and his cronies that all their plotting to kill Jesus had been futile. Jesus successfully eluded their plots after raising Lazarus from the dead by staying in a region near the desert. And following his triumphal entry, Jesus left Jerusalem to spend the night with his friends in Bethany where Caiaphas and his cronies evidently could not find Jesus and arrest him. The need to intensify their plotting became even clearer to Caiaphas and his cronies the next day, when Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. Such actions by Jesus threatened the financial interests of Caiaphas and his cronies. Moreover, Jesus did not stop with mere actions. His teachings made clear his condemnation of all those responsible for the way the temple was being perverted and exploited for financial gain. Jesus condemned Caiaphas and his cronies as he taught the crowds in the temple area, saying, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers? The crowd loved this. Caiaphas and his cronies hated it. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. The crowd was also amazed at the miracles Jesus performed. 
Jesus did not perform some kind of a miraculous stunt to prove he was the Messiah. At the very beginning of his public ministry three years earlier, he'd overcome the temptation to jump from the highest point of the temple and summon angels to catch him. Instead of performing such self-aggrandizing miracles, Jesus performed miracles that helped other people. When the blind and the lame came to him at the temple, he healed them. Children were wise enough to understand that these healings were wonderful and that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. The children shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David, just as the people had during the triumphal entry of Jesus into the city. By calling Jesus the Son of David, Israel's greatest king, the people were proclaiming that Jesus should be their king, their Messiah. But Caiaphas and his cronies lacked this wisdom of children. They were blinded by greed, cynicism, and fear. When the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things Jesus did, and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the Son of David, they were indignant. Once again, as during Jesus' triumphal entry, they tried to get Jesus to silence the shouts of the children praising Jesus and proclaiming him king. Jesus reminded them about the psalm that says, From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise. Once again, as during his triumphal entry, Jesus flatly refused to restrain his supporters' enthusiasm. Nor was Jesus willing to contradict the children as they rejoiced and proclaimed that Jesus was their King, their Messiah. Once again, for the moment at least, Jesus evaded the plotting of Caiaphas and his cronies to kill him. Jesus left them and went out of the city to Bethany, where he spent the night among the relative safety of his friends. Never become like Caiaphas and his cronies blinded by greed, cynicism, and fear, so that you can no longer see Jesus at work in our lives and in our world, driven by greed, cynicism, and fear, so that you oppose the work of Jesus in our lives and in our world, as Caiaphas and his cronies opposed Jesus when his ways threatened their power and money. Instead, always be like a child at heart. Be quick to rejoice when Jesus comes to heal us and our world. Be enthusiastic to welcome Jesus into our lives and into our world. Be eager to proclaim that Jesus is the one true King, the Messiah. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. If you did, please share it with a friend and find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as on my website, timharner.com. My book, Hoping in the Lord, contains citations to sources, including the scriptures. Until we are together again, may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord turn his face toward us and give us peace. <laughs>